Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goal sending, science, and peak performance. I'm your host, Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me as always is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. Jamie, it's officially a day that ends in Y, which means we're here to talk about RVH-related things. <laughs> I love that we're just getting like right into it. Our, the, we actually did we have a plan? I don't think we had a plan going to this one. Um, I have oh, true. What you I have some interview, I have some interviews lined up, but we did like we had a no plan until you texted me immediately. You're like, "Want me to solo episode?" Uh, this this said, and I said, absolutely not. I'm hopping on. So today, for those for those listening, is my anniversary with my girlfriend. So I am taking time out of this day to just go off on a rant. So, which is it's it's you know not the hero we deserve. <laughs> well, it's it's either I go on a rant here with with uh, you and whoever's listening and watching, uh, who understand hockey, or I go off on a rant on my girlfriend when we go out for dinner and she has no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> and then I'm just the crazy person. I'm the old man yelling at clouds. Well, that's exactly where we're at with this one. Although I think in this situation, today's topic, we might actually be young men yelling at old men yelling at cloud. Yes. This is very meta. Yeah, we're getting into it. Jerry, do you want to stop and do it? Should we just do it? Yeah, we should. Before that, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, thanks for watching. Ben's haircut looks really, really good. Congratulations, Thank Ben. You. I went to the barber today to go get a haircut and they were closed and usually they're open on Saturdays. So that's why I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> or a, or a well, duke for our Canadians. One of us looks good and one of us is Ben Cernick because Jamie Lopes always looks good. All right. Um, you're welcome. Okay, Jamie, I'm going to read you a title of something. This is an article that came out two weeks ago in The Athletic. It's called How a Little Used Goaltending Technique Could Save Goals, Extend NHL Career. 
So uh, it's an athletic article. So obviously this is news media. So like your social media post, Jamie, this is quick. So right off the bat, we are here with a super goalie uh, clickbait title uh, because mm -hmm. what technique could it possibly be? What could Jamie, it be? what do you think it's going to be? Uh, is it something to do with post plays? I couldn't. It's got to be. You, you, you wouldn't believe it. But once again, the RVH is single-handedly causing hip surgeries. <laughs> it's the sole culprit. There couldn't possibly be any other explanation. Not only is the RVH responsible for every goalie's hip problem, but it's also the cause of every single goal ever give up, including shots on a blue line. Yes. If you're not in an RVH when the puck's at the blue line, you're out of position. That's what people are telling me. And if you, hit, you are in one, you're out of position. Also out of position. Yes. <laughs> so you tell me. But in all, serious, in all serious, Ben, can you give the listeners who maybe don't subscribe to The Athletic or didn't read the article, um, this, this synopsis, the cliff notes, the quick version of it? I'm actually going to, I actually came prepared. I'm going to run through a bunch of cool. different quotes that I think are like independent things. Uh, it's not a super long article. So if people are Athletic subscribers, go read it. It's by Fluto Shinzawa. It's from two weeks ago, November 11, 2023. Uh, Fluto is the Boston Bruins reporter for The Athletic. Uh, and it's it's an interesting article. It's partly with Boston Bruins goalie coach Bob Asenza, and it is partly with goaltenders of both Boston and Providence. So Allmark's got a couple of quotes in there, uh, and some of the Providence goalies do as well. But basically, the the crux of the article is that for those of you listening who are old enough to remember and caring about how Tuka Rask played posts, people may remember that Tuka was pretty much the only goal in the NHL who just shin locked on the post. He didn't really RVH. He just kind of sat in a butterfly. Uh, and when we say shin lock, it means literally the shin of his pad was, was in the post. Like it wasn't a boot, wasn't a toe, wasn't a skate blade. It was the shin of his pad. So like, you know, uh, a third of his pad was in the net when he was on his post. Not every time, but a lot of the time. Uh, and so the article basically argues from, hard to really say if it's Bob Asenza's perspective, uh, who's the Boston Bruins goalie coach, or if it is kind of the reporting lens of it. But it basically argues that uh, RVH bad, Shinlock good. Question mark. Question mark. But I'm going to give you the first quote, which is how the how the reporter Pluto kind of sets this one up. He goes, the downside of skate on post and the toe lock is the strain they place on the ankles, knees, and hip. All right, fair. Um, mm -hmm. Don't yeah. disagree. No disagreement there. This is where although 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 the actually I like how we're doing this because each point is like a rant in itself. Uh, the toe lock is in my it, not even say my opinion is significantly less stress on the hips than the skate on plus of an angle. Yep. So it, there, there's a tier in terms of worst skate on post stress on hips. Yep. Toe lock and then shit. Yeah, and for like the like the important scientific note, like stress and strain are like measurements of of what happens to your tissues, mm -hmm. um, so your muscles, your joints, ligaments, and all that stuff. They're not inherently bad. Like stress and strain is not inherently a bad. It's just like there is a force going, right? Mm -hmm. So, I think we I think those words get used a lot. Like, oh, it's really it's a stress around the joints. Yes, so it's walking. Yeah, right? so it's sitting. Like, you know what I mean? So like everything stresses joints. It's just, it's force goes through. Anyways, the second part of this sentence, Jamie, the second part of this writing is where it's interesting because the reporter goes, see for yourself, use a doorway 
Try dropping down into the butterfly. Hold your foot against the doorframe and your knee flush to the floor. Lean your hip and arm into the doorframe, load off your foot, and then jump into an athletic position. I would okay, recommend so no one Don't, don't <laughs> do that. No, do there, There's a reason that if you go back to our original episodes, when we talk a lot about strength training, and we'll come back to it again uh, before the offseason, we talk about trying not to replicate positions that we do on the ice. Um, it says not the same. Unfortunately, standing in shoes and going into a doorway is still not the same as doing it into uh, a post. And also, you don't jump to Good. your feet ever. Um, well, so no. So I, I don't recommend it because, yeah, if you do that, that's definitely not good. Yeah, it's also like, again, we've said this before, but I'm happy to say it again. You have a giant knee ball uh, in your pad mm-hmm. when you do butterflies and RBHs. Right. So even if you're someone who's doing butterflies in knee pads, that's still not the same thing. Right. It's a little bit better, but there is a definite angle. And and this is important for goalies. Maybe some goalies need to hear this. When you're in a butterfly, your your skates should essentially lie flush to the ice. Right? You know how your your skates shouldn't be pulled up an inch and a half off the ice. Like your legs shouldn't be in a perfectly straight line in the cradle of your pad. Right, modern technology and how pads are designed was for there to be a slight angle downwards from your knee to your ankle. Right, uh, I think we still see some younger goalies who will wear pads way too tight, and they'll have like the upwards angle tilts from the back of their ankle, or the full foot's just really high off the ice because it's all too tight to the pad. Right, um, we've talked about this before. Whether you're using bungees or toe ties, whether you're using an ankle strap that goes through the bottom of your cowling or that goes through the back of your heel, like the Lundqvist strap. Just make sure it's not so tight that it's disrupting your ankle angle. Like your ankle should sit pretty much flush with the ice, like your whole foot should. Um, that reduces strain on every joint because there's less things on it, right? So anyways, this example is, I know they're trying to paint the picture for the, the lay audience, right? Yeah. This is a really bad example. Like that is nothing like what an RVH is like. And I think it is kind of some descriptions like this that makes people think the RVH is way worse for you than it really is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a, a great example, but again, like he's, try, he's trying his best to write it for the layperson. And I, and I, and I get that. Um, uh, there's so many things that we'll, we'll get into after. So just, let's go to the next point. What's next? So the next point kind of ties into the fact that since 2022, this is a direct quote, Corpusalo, Laura Brisson, Anton Hudobin, Robin Leonard, Matt Murray, and Danilo Tarasov is a list of goalies who have had hip surgery. We could also add in Jonathan Bernier to that list if you wanted to as well. Um, every single one of those goalies plays very differently. <laughs> That's a very like... It's, it's an exhaustive list of different goalies. And that is just like a crazy, crazy claim. Um, I don't even know like what what I would compare that to. That would just be like, I I, I don't, if the, if the, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, it's definitely because Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift and there's actually no other reason, but this is a thing that happened in the same time that they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And because Taylor Swift watched this Chiefs win it two years ago, she is also directly responsible for their Super Bowl win two years ago. So it's just like, it's an impossible thing because that would mean, so the only way for this to, to someone ever ran a study 
and was like the RVH is solely responsible for these injuries. The the only position a goalie would ever be allowed to use is an RVH, and they'd never be allowed to use anything else. And again, like we we've already talked about many times how hockey research there's there's very little of it, little to none. And the only one study we have that's any good about forces on the body, this is pre-RVH days, shows that the worst position for us is stopping on our lead leg, similar to the goalie in Ben, your background, who is yeah, sure picture, right? Yeah, maybe sea cutting. I don't know. It's very throwback. I like it though. Ah, uh, it's um, like the eighties. Yeah, but that's the we've shown uh, in the white side and all study that that's where the most around stress stress is. So just to assume that. The RVH is solely responsible because a bunch of goalies have had hip surgeries and there's, we're not putting anything else, any other reasons. Or they're just suggesting that it's like, hey, these guys had hip surgery. Also, these guys have also used the RVH. I don't know. You tell, <laughs> you tell me. So like, that's, that's just like, and like, I think the overarching thing, and I was going to say this for the summary, uh, but I'll say it now. It's, this is where it's frustrating when, um, I don't want to say like stay in your stay in your lane because I don't think that's necessarily you don't always have to do that. And I think sometimes it's good too, but this is why I wish there was more research involved in hockey, especially in goaltending, because in an article like this, rather than, you know, quoting Bob Asenza, who by his own means is a very good goalie coach, but he's not someone who's directly involved with injuries or biomechanics or any of these things. And that's the role of some like those kind of people. Like if you were going to be talking about a, a pitcher in baseball, you have so many studies talking about shoulder internal external rotation to reference. You're going to bring in, you know, a pitch coach to talk about things. You're going to bring in the clot, like tops biomechanist. You're going to bring in a, a surgeon who's doing UCL sur- Tommy John surgeries. Like you're going to bring in all these people to ask their opinion. Yet in hockey, we go, let's ask the goalie coach their opinion on very in-depth topics regarding injuries. To a person whose job is maybe he had surgery once, but his job is not to deal with injuries. His job is to work with the goalies. And that's like a, a frustrating thing from our point because like it's when it comes to like stay, like stay excited, staying in your lane, um, it, which is, you know, if you're really good at goaltending and goalie coaching, like, yeah, like that's what you should do. It just so happens for us, you know, our lane is an eight lane highway. You know, Ben and I are good goalie coaches, but we've also gone through that medical professional route and so for us we're, it's, it's easy for us to comment on these things and that's why we see it it's our job to like kind of like just target some of these inaccuracies and different fallacies that get created when someone isn't an expert in their field but it'd be like someone asking me like hey jay what's your opinion on like cryptocurrency i'll be like they they <laughs> use computers <laughs> but like that but that doesn't make sense like just because like if i own one bitcoin it doesn't make me an expert but that's why if, if I'm going to write an article on cryptocurrency, like I need to reach out to ex, like true experts in their fields, yeah. including the goalie coach. I think it's good to have like Bob Ascendant's opinion, 100%. Yeah. But he shouldn't be the sole opinion because he's not a biomechanist or a, a physio or someone who's working in that line who's dealing with goalies or a surgeon or a surgeon who's doing these hip surgeries. So that that's where like my biggest frustration and it's not at the article itself. It's at hockey in general. Yeah. It's actually at hockey in general because the NHL needs to do, and like university hockey and stuff and everything needs to do more in research. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think ultimately we're uniquely positioned to kind of talk on this one. These topics kind of fall into our lap a little bit. 
but it's it's one of those things where it's like if if there's actual information that comes out and says like yes this is ten times the strain of anything else then I think we have a discussion point but hmm. for now it's it's probably again we've come to this conclusion before it's probably like it might be contributing it might not be it yeah. might be the nine thousand butterflies they do it might be you have this strange variance with a subset of goalies that get injured. Like, I think that list is interesting too, right? Because I'm not sure Anton Hudobin and Robin Leonard are like your typical RVH style goaltenders, right? Yeah. Like, Hudobin objectively was like not a good post position, not a good skating goaltender for NHL standards. Neither was Leonard. Um, I'm not sure if he's ever coming back, honestly. Um, but he also had to hit the spine surgery. Like, even then, that's like not really the same thing anymore. Mm -hmm. um, he had a lot of stuff going on or still has. I'm not really truthfully sure. So I think that's kind of a, again, it's, it's painting a narrative that like, hey, is there an injury epidemic? We talked, we did a full episode on that before. Um, no, probably not. <laughs> probably not. And so there's a lot of things that contribute to it too. And like, I think the biggest thing that's concerning is like from a, you know, putting on both my goalie coach and my medical professional hat, um, like younger kids getting injured, you know, if you're a 40, 35 year old or 28 year old goalie yeah. having hip injuries, it's kind of like. You've been playing a high impact sport for, and being goalie is a high impact sport for a long time. Like injuries are expected. You're trying to reduce and mitigate the risk. But when we have like young goalies, like 13, 14, that are having hip surgery and stuff because they're in so much pain, um, you know, whether you put that on whatever the cause or genetic, um, just the genetic bone structure and all these different things, uh, their predisposition, then then you you can go with that. Um, but there's also a lot to it. Like I skated with a goalie this morning and. Um, I was like, hey, I was at Thanksgiving, blah, blah, blah. How you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm pretty tired. I'm like, oh, like what's what's going on? I said, I skated yesterday. I was like, oh, like goalie session or what'd you, what'd you do? He's like, no, nah, I was on the ice for five hours. Oh. I was like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, there was a skills camp going on. And so I was out there for five hours. Like, yeah, okay, well, you know, when we talk about overuse injuries and overuse typically being one of the, the main causes to a lot of injuries, even if young, young athletes, if you're on the ice for five hours in one day, like, it's a lot for your body, you know? Yeah, we can get away with it a little bit when we're young, but like, are we really getting away with it? I don't know. Like the body still is more adaptable, but you also do need to recover. Yeah. I think the other thing to also say in all of this is just every type of sport and position is predisposed to one type of injury more than another, right? And so we tend to sometimes see like, well, look at all this, you know, this type of X injury. So for example, like, again, us, every hockey listener is going to love another soccer. But in soccer, you see a, a big predisposition to, to hip and groin injury. Or sorry, uh, hamstring and groin injuries or hamstring adductor injury. Of course you do. It's a running sprinting sport, right? Like that's that's a given. What would, what else would you expect from that, really, right? Um, you're going to see a lot of those because that's the nature of the sport. Mm -hmm. The nature of modern goaltending, and I think this is a really important part, the way to be the most successful in modern goaltending is by playing the most modern and best way that we know how to play, which involves a lot of butterflies. It involves a lot of beating pucks on your feet with really powerful T-pushes and stops. It involves going into your post really hard off a lot of yeah. different plays because we know that's what works the best. And so when we're looking at professional athletes, right, you're dealing with their performance is their number one goal, mm -hmm. right? So you're going to want 
to do what it takes to perform the best. And that might mean using positions that are a little more uncomfortable than others in the name of performing well. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's going to be um, a good place for us to kind of take our break here. When we come back, I'm going to hit you with another quote. We're going to dive into the rest of this article. And so we'll see you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Then, third back, Jimmy. Uh, I have a quote for you. This is a direct Bob Asenza quote. So we're coming back talking about RVH, Shinlock, all this stuff. And so this is a quote from the article um, Bob Asenza talking about the Shinlock. So he says, you're not stressing the joint as much as you would otherwise. And that's, you know, referring to the RVH. So this is why you're using a shin lock. You're just sitting there, basically pad on post. The seal for me is way better, but it's the transition out that's always a challenge. Oof. Drink. Okay. Well, well, yes, he's sort of right. Uh, I guess maybe I think he's right. No, 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 but no, 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 no. Right. I don't, but I don't think shin on post gives you the best seal to show its side. It does on a wraparound. On a wraparound, but <laughs> it's a wraparound. That's not always the time to use the RVH. No, so when players net, driving net drive by dark. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually not, in my opinion, the best uh, coverage for the RVH. Um, and the second thing is, is he's definitely correct where it's very difficult to leave the post. And I think Super. this this is this goes back to why don't goalies use it. Because the play in in any league, but mostly in the NHL for sure, is too fast for us to sacrifice speed for a little bit of comfort. And this is this always just drives me bananas. You know, like you go on anyone who's a goalie goes online or a goalie parent will go on. They'll they'll see an Instagram post. And there's always comments from people being like, "Oh, why doesn't he just stand up?" Or Dominic Hasek did it, and he was sweet in the '90s, and all this like stupid stuff. And it's just like, look. The, it, it always reg everything regresses to the mean. The best in the NHL all play a similar style because that style is currently the most optimal to make the most amount of saves. If something yes. better comes along, goalies will adapt to it, or the next crop of goalies that can play that it position or technique better will take their place. That is just sports. That is how athletics work and development and things. It's just like, you know, like, I don't know, if you watch F1, someone invents like, some sort of new thing that meets regulations, they're going to win for a while. And then everyone else's, every other uh, every other car team is going to come up and create their own design of it. And that just becomes the standard. And that's called innovation and progress. So like when, when people are just like, well, why doesn't he use shit on post? I guess he can, but then he probably would have give up a lot of backdoor goals. Yeah, so, and like... I. It's okay. Your goals against can go up by two, but your hips are going to feel marginally better or maybe the same. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say, right? Because like, I think there's a little bit of a dismissal on you're still going to be pushing out of that post position acceptance. Now, instead of like driving out a little more laterally, now you're kind of kicking out of that post position. 
right? Which as anyone who's ever gone shin on post, sometimes you do it by accident in practice or a game. Mm -hmm. You can kick out of it. It's not impossible. It's not a great position to be in. Or you aim. really can't, you, well, you can't really, one, you can't aim it. I pretty much, when I say kick out of it, I think you can kick along your goal line because I think that's the only direction you can yeah. actually go. I don't think you can kick forward. I don't think you can extend to your feet. So I don't think you're able to regain your feet out of that position uh, without lifting your post side leg. Right. I don't think there's a, an ability to transition into a step out like you would from an RBH or even, you know, even a VH, uh, which I want to talk about later. I have a funny story. Yeah. I also uh, think that the VH was part of the, my argument there too is like the VH came before the RBH. And sure the reason that the VH is now basically obsolete, other than a few select times, is because it was harder to move out of than the RBH. Yep. And essentially, it's, it's, it had the same purpose, heal the short side of the net, so you'll destroy the mm -hmm. post side. But one was more, you were more mobile and dynamic out of, that makes way more sense. Okay, let's adapt to this one. Yeah, and I mean, that's like, that's exactly what it always comes down to, right? Which is again, like, what is the, what do you need to do to perform the best? Mm -hmm. And so, and this is again, this is not rocket science. This shouldn't be hopefully be too new to anyone, but anyone in the goalie world. It's like the RBH allows you to seal the short side. And it allows you to give yourself a chance on a lot of lateral plays. Yeah. That is why it's used. You're able to seal the short side while staying within your net. Both the RVH, sorry, both the VH, and even to some degree the shin block forces part of your body outside of the post. Right? So mm -hmm. now you're now covering outside. This is the same reason why, Jamie, you and I all the time talk about why going paddle down on the blocker side RVH is a problem. Because it, it eliminates one of the main purposes of the RVH was your ability to stay within your net and your ability to lock the short the down without leaving that net, right? Like you see guys go pile down, blocker side in the RVH. Okay, now not only you want to talk about strain, that's a more strenuous position on your hips because then you're fully leaning over your hip, right? But now you're putting your weight outside the post. Now you're not taking away the top part of the net anymore. Right, so I think this yeah. is ultimately comes down to like how are you using the RVH, and all, we always talk about this. This is endless. People use it too much; it's overused. That there's no argument from us on that. Agreed. Point. Right, very much. It, it's agreed at the. I like that. Boy, I say it many times. It's a really good save selection. It's just used improperly and also used at the wrong time. I definitely yeah. use too much. Yeah, it's just like there's times goalies could probably hold their feet longer. I think you're seeing a lot of the younger goalies in the NHL who are good at holding their feet um, and hold their feet longer and are using much more, like using the overlap a lot more. If mm -hmm. you look at like the sub, I would say sub 25 year old goalies, sub 26, and there's not many of them. A uh, lot of overlaps, a lot of overlaps and a lot of goalies you can transition from an overlap into an RVH really well. And that is, I think, the future. It's not, we're not going to see VHs come back. We're not going to see RVHs go away. We're going to see more use of an overlap and goalies holding their feet longer, but they're mm -hmm. going to be better at getting in out of an RVH. And then before anyone listening goes, well, what about the Panda? It just, they tried, it tried, overlap. it tried, it didn't work. It's just an overlap where you cheat. So if you're going to overlap, just overlap correctly and don't expose the ribs, your ribs, the neck or behind your back to the puck. Cause that would hurt. Just overlap. And like, I, this is going to be a shout out. Um, I've been working on overlaps a lot with my junior goalies. Uh, it's been something that we've talked about where they've just kind of found themselves in awkward spots and getting you, being comfortable with an overlap, especially being comfortable with an overlap when there might be a backdoor threat or part of a backdoor threat is hot and stop. Very tough. Um, but uh, 
I watched my one goalie on Thursday night just like put on an absolute overlap clinic, but he was fantastic. It was really exciting to see from like a coaching perspective, but it was also really exciting to see just from like a that's good goaltending perspective, mm-hmm. right? In anyone who says like, oh, we go to the overlap, you can't get that quick wraparound or that quick backdoor. That's just factually incorrect. Like it's not that big of a pivot. Like you're not, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just another skill. It's just another skill and like they, yeah. sorry there we we had a little technical difficulty and then it actually wasn't me this time it was solely on ben and he tried to point the finger at me and it <laughs> wasn't uh my microphone is plugged in and operates based on the usb but um what were we talking overlap transitions oh overlap transitions yeah it's, it's just a skill it's a skill the overlap transition itself is a skill and it's one that you can either be good at or you can be bad at and you can practice it to become better at it and again, that's like where the panda was birthed. It was like, okay, how can we kind of make, how can we, can we make this position any easier? And they tried and it didn't really work the way they wanted to. And so instead we just hammer home the ability to transition from overlap to RVH as quick as possible. And that's just, again, that's just trial and error. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's just the way uh, hockey goes. But um, any other quotes from this article, Ben? I got one more, Jamie. This is one, one more. more. And this kind of wraps up this article. Again, like I said, it's actually a pretty good read. I enjoyed reading the article. Um, it wasn't like I sat there having my my blood boil. I just like kind of disagreed with it. But the last quote is, time or the lack of it appears to be the primary obstacle between the shin lock and deeper market penetration. That and frustration. It's easy for goalies to experience discouragement practicing an unnatural transition. I would not think time is the issue. No, um, no. Well, because Tukarask track like Tukarask did it, so there has been he was awesome at it, really good. Ten to twelve years of yep. time for goalies to try it. Um, I actually worked with a men's league goalie yesterday who did this, and he's like, "I need to learn how to do the toe lock because I said, is it working for me?" And I said, "Yes, we're going to do an RVH lesson today." Um, so no, time isn't really against it, and also it's not really frustration. Uh, I find using the shin lock is actually the easiest of all so of them. Easy. Yeah. Oh, it's incredibly easy to get into doing anything yeah, not from hard. that position. You're you're basically stuck. However, you can't. It, it's so hard practice, though. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to like teach someone. It takes a lot of reps to be like, hey, you got to hit this tiny little half, inch and a half string on your foot, full speed in the middle of the play while keeping your eyes on the puck. It takes a long time to learn that. Even skiing on post takes a long time to find it and have control and have your edges. So, so no, I think if there is definitely a one big point I would disagree with, it would be both of them in that quote because those those ones are those ones are from both a goalie of our goalie coaches hat that we wear is are is actually kind of definitely wrong. Yeah, I think like in a lot of ways, the one big thing I think Zergo doesn't address is that Tuka Rask used to shin lock like his whole career, which whole career. started in 20, 2006. Right, Rask was part of the Rask was part of the uh, the Andrew Raycroft trade that brought him to Toronto. Like this was yeah. a long time ago. Right, so he would have worked with Asenza too. Yeah, I don't know. This is yeah, like this is like that's the thing. Rask used this for his entire career, right? And so Rask started using the shin lock before the RVH was used, right? I think lots of people attribute Jonathan Quick to the RVH in like late two thousands, early twenty tens. I think that's probably up for debate. I think it was kind of used radically by a few different goalies. I don't think it was explicitly John McQuick doing it. 
Um, but John Quick did it very successfully, very explosive goalie early in his career. Mm-hmm. But like, I, it, like, it's just one of those things where I think Rask never needed to adopt it. He was already using a post position that he felt comfortable with. Uh, it was effective for him and the team that he played behind. Right? Like if you're if you're yeah. someone who doesn't want to try to beat puck on your feet off the post, you don't you can shin lock. Go ahead. Right? Because if you're not ever worried about the step out, you're not ever worried about um being able to to, to kind of move laterally anywhere but along the goal line. Yeah, shin lock, go ahead. Yeah, I seriously I, like I, if that if I yeah. coach a lot of camps where goalies will be like, Hey, I prefer the shin lock and I go, Okay, why? And they'll be like, oh, that's the way I was taught is most comfortable. Like, okay. But then when we do our RVH drill, our RVH day. Yeah. which goalies are objectively the worst yeah. at every every part of the drill. It's the shin lock. It's because of the reason it's not it's not the best way to move. It might be marginally better feeling on your hips. We can argue that it's better for your, your better. We can argue both ways. If it's better or worse for your hips, we don't know until someone t- runs the data. But when it comes to making saves or saves from that position, it is the worst and the hardest to use. Yeah, and like for, again, I think this is important too for young goalies. I'm talking like sub twelve years old. I actually encourage the shin lock for the younger goalies because I don't think I need to teach a nine year old to RBH. Um, I think we can teach the skill of how to enter a post. Mm-hmm. But if like I think shin lock is totally fine for younger goalies, and then as they get bigger, um, they can be changing their post position, right? But I think it's really important to acknowledge that, like, again, if we're a nine-year-old or 10-year-old goalie in a full-size adult goalie net, like, being down on your post in a waiting position, it doesn't matter what you use, like, there's a lot of open net, right? Yeah. So, I, right, so I understand both arguments. Like, I don't think we should be getting nine, 10-year-olds to RVH on plays, on, like, again, unless the puck's three feet away, in which case, pick your favorite post position, um, so I think, again, like we always say, it's the application of it rather than just yeah. like the principle of teaching it, right? I'm fine with shin locks collectively. I just don't think they're optimal for performance, and I don't think they're going to be this magic fix for goalie hip injuries. Not when you're butterflying 90, 100 times a game. Not when you're T-pushing two, 300 times a game, right? Yeah, there's, it's that's a bit... Oh, I just, yeah. You know what? Clickbait. Got it. We're talking about it. People are listening. They got the articles, so they got, got my read. Got it. So that means I'm going to have to be even more clickbait <laughs> when I make a post about this. But um, yeah, again, it's just like objective things, and like we, we hopefully, you know, it'd be cool if the author of this uh, the article got back to us, and we would say we'd love to be on, and just like, or in the future, like definitely try when you're talking about like injuries and different things like that. Um, Get a lot of different perspectives from, especially when something's like, uh, like a, like a medical or like a healthcare, not healthcare, medical or injury or orthopedic. Get, um, you know, get an orthopedic expert in there to talk about it. Um, I know there's not a lot that specialize in hockey, but they are out there, and so reach out. And there's two of us, two of them on this podcast. Yeah, don't don't reach out to me though. Just reach to Jamie. Please don't do that. I'm also very tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I, like I said, I think this article is fun. I think, again, I'm always open for this discussion. I think we're always going to have discourse around the RVH because it is the most polarizing thing in goaltending right now. It's, it's the only thing that people can talk about right now with goaltending. That and just save percentage being down again this year. Um, gosh, the goalie stink. Oh, no. It's, it's all, yeah, players are getting so good and the league rules are changing to benefit the shooters. Who would have thought? Oh, 
Um, uh, not us. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like, but again, like I said, it's it's a polarizing topic because, like you said, Jamie, every time a goal goes in, people are fired up. Anytime someone watches a goalie just sitting on their post, not moving, everyone's like, "What's he doing? Why is he doing that?" And I get it. Like, I under completely understand why people feel that way. I always know when the bad RVH goal goes in because it will be like eight o'clock at night. I don't watch a lot of hockey live. I actually rarely watch hockey live um, unless it's my own athletes, but it'll be like eight or nine o'clock at night. I'll be watching Netflix and all of a sudden my phone will just DM, 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 DM. <laughs> like 12 people sending me the exact same clip. And it's always like, make a video on this. What do you think of this? And it's always like usually the same thing. It's like, well, you had no chance or that was poorly executed or he went into it or too early or usually the same thing and like i don't know what you guys want they're like I, yeah why don't, why don't you send me butter butterfly goals yeah come how come a, how come a wrist shot that beats a goalie clean doesn't get the attention a lot of five old goals go in every day sure they sure do uh, yeah i think again from the other thing i want to say that's i think relevant from the injury side of things is that we talked about this previously guys are taking more time to come back from injuries we have a better understanding of trading loads. NHL also understands that the regular season does not matter unless you're like clawing for a playoff spot, mm. right? Like ultimately the regular season is uh, a battle for four spots. There's 12 teams that are just going to play the, like, there's 12 teams that are going to be in the playoffs and stay in the playoffs from now, earlier, from November 1st on, the same teams will be there, right? So it's sometimes an exercise in just like getting through the season as healthy as you can. And that means playing guys less. That means putting guys sit out. And that's why we've seen a bigger change, right? I think we've also probably seen guys sit games out with quote unquote injuries uh, or just on the, like they're not playing because of, you know, hip or actually everything's just a lower body injury. You go look at NHL injury history. Everything is just listed as a lower body injury. So trying to capture what's actually a hip injury is really tricky. Um, I was looking at it in preparation for this episode and in the 2021-2022 season, there's quite a number, I mean, coming off COVID kind of stuff, there's quite a number of lower body injuries. And I'm like, hmm, what's this hip? And then I look and it's like, well, one's groin, one's an ankle, one's a knee, and they're just all calling it lower body. There's no specifics. The NHL is really bad for that, right? And so I went through the hip data previously. You can find posts from me talking about I don't think there's anything to say about that right now. I don't think the shin lock's going to save any careers. Uh, I think if you're someone who learns to shin lock and never RVHs and you're really good, can you still play in the NHL using a shin lock and not an RVH? Probably. I don't see why not. Do I think you should change from using RVHs to using a shin lock? I do not think you should do that. I, In fact, I strongly recommend not doing that. Yeah, don't. Right? Jamie, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say don't do that. I'm going to put a stamp of, <laughs> stamp of approval. Don't don't do that yeah don't it's fine not to if yeah, you're if you're not shin locking you're not missing yeah it's you're okay. definitely not and actually you have an advantage so keep that advantage yeah so i think that's all we have for today mm -hmm. you make kind of final closing thoughts here some things that you should probably let the people know uh about maybe about um yeah i, I apparently as a canadian living in michigan i have an accent so that's what everyone should know about a boot. Uh, when I'm at the in the clinic, people always say that I talk weird. So thanks. You do. Uh, um, yep. 
just like, comment, subscribe. Uh, those that comment on YouTube for the algorithm and say for the algorithm, those kind of people we need. If you don't go on YouTube and you're Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found, um, give us a like, comment, five stars helps. Um, Patreon, don't forget Patreon. There it is. Uh, it, does, it does help uh, keep me doing what I love to do. So thank you very much. Um, also, new one, if you are a business, if you are a business, if you own a business or know anyone who has a business and are interested in sponsoring this podcast, Ben and I are looking for sponsors. The voice sponsors. We did have a, we were approached by an agency. We won't get into details about how that works, but ultimately we decided that it wasn't the best fit for us and it wasn't the best fit for our audience. So did we turn down some money in order to save our souls a little bit? Yes, we did. So we need we are, but we are still able to sell those souls to the right <laughs> buyer. Uh, yeah. So if you are interested in sponsoring like a podcast, a sing, whether it's a single episode or anything that uh, that we do, please reach out to us. Um, you can reach out to me. It's jamie at elitegoaliemethod.com. Um, like, or you can CC Ben. Ben, what's your email? You can just find it on my po- all podcasts. Yeah, it's all available. It's all podcasts. So uh, shoot us an email if you're interested. We'd love to have some new sponsors. Uh, maybe get some eyes and ears on different different products to our to our listeners and viewers. Thank you guys very much for listening and watching. We'll see you next week. Until next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.